Hi, yogis. Welcome. Welcome. This is the Daily Practice Podcast with Crystal Borelli and Andrea Hellman. Hariyum, Hariyum, Hariyum. Let's get grounded, shall we? If you're able to close your eyes, you're not driving, do that. Otherwise, just listen in. And I'll have you take some deep yogic breaths. So fill your belly up first, you know, around your waist and up to your upper lungs. And then the soft, steady exhale breath out from upper lungs down through the ribs and waistline and down into your belly. And then just a couple more like that. So try to stretch your inhales and match your exhales with samavritti. And then together we'll take a breath in for a sigh. Take a full inhale. Part your lips and offer your exhale. And we'll open with uh, just one om today. Take a breath in. Ooh, Today we're talking a little bit about the koshas. Hey, Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Every time we start with the grounding, my eyelids are so heavy. Like mm. I'm just You look slurring. a little high. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. No, that's how I feel. It's completely your voice has the ability to transport people to a different level. Okay. Well, teach me. I'm here to be taught. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Sla I... <laughs> slash, I love hacking into daily practice because then I feel like it's incremental, you know? Like since like last week when you're saying just to sigh, then I just like sigh or I yawn and it just resets me. Yeah. Resets are good. <laughs> I like I like those little hacks. All, of, all about the resets. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the koshas because it's very relevant to how we how we walk through our day of life and to into building an awareness into the deeper layers of ourselves. So how do we show up as our higher self? How do we show up with um, the most integrity to our spirit? And sometimes, you know, our physical body um, and the way our even our the way we show up like in our attitude of our body can make a big difference in the way of energy of showing up. Like. I was born with attitude. I don't know about you, but I was born with my hand on my hip, popping my hip, like, and a, and a resting bitch face. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because I was born the opposite. I was born, my mom said I was the happiest little baby, like always smiling, Aww. just so light and free. And then I think I was sharing with you that I'm doing this writing course and then I was doing these uh, journaling exercises. And when I actually write out all of my internal dialogue, it is so dark. It is so like entrenched in like self-loathing and I am <laughs> Sorry passive. Sorry to laugh at that. <laughs> no, it's funny because I've spent my whole life being passive aggressive, like just Ooh, very, the worst. like I resting, <laughs> I literally am the opposite of you where I have like resting happy voice or happy face. So I'll see somebody that I despise or not necessarily well maybe a little bit you know and then they'll just say hi and I'm like oh hi and I just like everything melts away and then I'll be like damn it I never spoke my truth or mm -hmm. I never like you know what I mean like I didn't express how I how I really feel because I just like slip into that 
people pleasing. Interesting. So funny. We're like two opposites. Yeah. Well, I think that's like the yin and the yang or the way the pendulum swings. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm spending a lot of my life trying to A, figure out how I do feel and then B, the um, courage to actually speak it Mm. and to be able to speak it um, from like a grounded place too. So it's not like I'm hurling arrows into somebody because of the experience I've had over something they've said. Yeah, that's fair. Jai Jai Hanuman for you. Courage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe that will be our mantra <laughs> at the end. Well, I got one for you already, but we can do that too. Okay. So well. I, it's funny because when I was little, I was always crying. <laughs> And uh, I would even like run away from home. I mean, from home, like Laskiti, I'd run across the gravel road <laughs> to my my other mom's house, Linda Burton, shout out. And I would like, she would find me, like I would like latch onto her um, her door screen and I'd be like hanging on, just crying and like not wanting to be go back home. But I was kind of like a weird little kid. Like I had some funny, I was so stubborn and so much attitude, like I think for like a couple of years, I slept in our pickup truck out in the, but get, it gets better. Pickup truck in like in winter, but I was in a little pink bikini. <laughs> I wouldn't wear clothes. I wore this pink bikini to school and they would put me in clothes. I get to school and I'd strip off and just be in this little pink bikini and I'd only sleep in the truck. Like I love it. Yeah. And then hand on hip with attitude. And um, yeah, I've carried that with me. But so even my husband will be like, babe, the way you're standing, like your arms crossed, your hips out, the way you're looking, he's like, what is up? <laughs> and I love it. That's how my sister is too. And it's, it's beautiful because you're not like holding it in. Because we we're all feeling those feelings, but you're like expressing it in the moment. And whereas I feel like I just like nurture it and let it like grow bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, till it gets you in trouble. Because that has a downfall as well. Like, yes, you're very open with your emotion, but um, there is a time and place to there's, express it. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot to be said for the delivery. And yeah. 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 So balance, of course, balance. So... Uh, yeah. Wow. More tangents. I love it. Okay. So with, <laughs> let's go. Kosha, I'm gonna, kosha, 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 kosha. All right. So let's just go back to a little bit of history of where they started. So yoga, the Vedic texts began, you know, forever ago, 1500, even said to be like 8,000 years ago in the Santana Dharma. But the Vedas were the first texts of yoga. And basically the rituals were outside of you. So external rituals to the elements and to seeing really God was outside of you, right? So it was this dualism a- aspect. And then when things shifted, so the, um, um, the Sarasvati River dried up and oh, I'm getting way too detailed, but basically the teaching shifted into a time, geographically it shifted the time, but also the teachings shifted or the practices shifted into the Upanishadic era. And the Upanishads were these practices of, instead of outside of you, these rituals, they practiced now internal. So it had these rishis, these sages, sages, excuse me, the yogis. I like that word though, sages. Sages, <laughs> right? You're my sage. Yeah, I love it. You were mine. <laughs> so they had these, these practitioners would sit in meditation. They would contemplate on Om. They would contemplate on 
um, deeper meditations and they would start to see images. They would start to see yantras and they would see the chakras and, they came, and they'd hear these sounds of... Um, of Sanskrit language and they, and they'd come out and they'd say the words and it would take them back into meditation. So during this time, a very introspective practice, they started to see the energy of the bodies, right? So hence the values that we talked about last class or our last class, last podcast. Um, it, it is a class. It is a class. It is a class. Yeah. Right now it seems, but we'll get back into relevant. So, so the, and they started to see energies. And so they started to see that they are five, there are five layers to our being. So these five layers known as the koshas. And you can think about it, they famously talk about it as an onion, like the outermost layer of the onion is thick. And then as you go into the, the small part in the very center, it's very sweet, right? So same with our physical body. I like to think about it as, you know, those Russian dolls mm-hmm. that you open it up and then there's another one and you open it up and there's another one. And so you're kind of taking steps inside, right? The thing I like about the onions though, is that at the core, it's the heart of the onion. Yeah. But have you seen inside of the Russian dolls? There's this like tiny little baby. It's so <laughs> fucking cute. It's so like my, our primary self. My mom had one and I like, I don't know why it was so <laughs> cute, but you know, when something is so cute, you want to like like squeeze it to death or you want to bite it. I would bite the little, <laughs> little baby one has like all these little teeth marks on it. Cause I just bite. It was so cute. I've actually never wanted to bite something like that. You've yeah. never been petting yeah. like a baby kitten or even like Bella when she was a puppy and like, like petting her. And then you just want to squeeze her extra tight. Never. No. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't have oh. that. I don't know. That's back to that yin yang, the dark shadows. Yeah. <laughs> Because that was like in Mice and Men. Did you read that in school? I know of it, but I don't know. I don't remember remember it. Well, that's what happened with like the big man. I forget his name. Um, But then he squeezed, like he loved that little mouse so much and it was his best friend. And then he... Horrible. I will say that it's funny because being like this practitioner of yoga and um, living the teachings, or try my hardest to do that. And of of course, I'm human. I fall off track too. But being the living more in the the light, I would say. And don't get me wrong. I am the people that know me really well are like they know I love to drink tequila. They know I need like that balance of the opposite. And so with the opposite, like. I'm always teaching, you know, these practices of what I truly believe in this connection to spirit and the divine. But I love the morbid podcast. Yeah, yeah. Whereas True I can't crime. I can't I can't. It like I feel really weird in my body and I'll try to watch like dark things and I, I can't do it. Yeah, I love but I it. think it's I think it's because like when I journal, like my deepest things are that darkness and then maybe it's just like it's, it just triggers something in me that I'm like trying to suppress. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. We all have our things, right? Like we all have our, our balance and we need balance. We need that opposite to help, um, create that like sanity. (laughs) Well, it's like what we were talking about before dualism, right? With like the sun and the moon and all like those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as I told you before, that was like, that is something that I've been thinking a lot about now. Yeah. It's, it's funny because when I, all, like when I study yoga, a lot of the, I'm like, oh, go back to like the very beginning of the teachings. And like, that's my jam, like the Vedic teachings, like back to the tradition. But then that's a, this idea of dualism. And I'm like, wait, no, like I'm a total non-dualism. Like I'm like, I am you, you are me, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's interesting. Like, I, and I like, I like both, but, uh, 
Well, I think when you kind of uh, respect both and you can look at uh, different aspects of things, like I think your whole world gets a lot bigger and and Mm -hmm. more open. Mm -hmm. That's definitely my experience. And I think for a really long time, I was like, good, bad, you know, like it was like everything was very like black and white. But the world does work like that. And conditional, but I don't think it should. Like, I think that that's the way everything's been going with like silo thinking where, you know, it's us and them. Yeah. Or it's, you're in an echo chamber. I say this and I will only talk to people that agree with me on this. Whereas we're missing the whole purpose of, of why we're a community is to balance each other out. Totally. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. But I do think that for a very long time, I was definitely like heavy leaning on one side or I could get swayed really fast, I think, because I wouldn't be super open. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I yeah. hear you. I hear what you're saying. And not like, and I do think most of it was internal because I don't think it was like I would, um, like I, I feel like I used to sway really fast or maybe the way I was raised was very like black, white conditions, you know? Well, yeah. Well, the belief system of how you were, what you were taught to understand and believe and see the world obviously has, takes a long time to break out of that if, if ever you do, if people do, or like that karma or lineage that you're connected to. Um, but it's funny because when you first said, started talking about that, and I'm like, I hear you. The first thing that came to mind was that you, if you're easy to sway, it means that you're not fully, con- not you personally, but in mm. general, to be fully confident in who you are and your belief and what, and that, that strong connection. Cause these yoga practices bring us back to feeling that the call to the heart, the call to the spirit. So it's like standing so strong in like your truth or strong in your sovereignty and in, in that, like, the purest of love ultimately, because people can stand in that, but then have a lot of ego and then it's for on the downfall. Right. But if you're standing in the place of love and acceptance and forgiveness, then it's it's a little bit, a little bit different Mm because then you can see the bigger picture, right? Mm -hmm. You just start to see the patterns that are happening. You start to see the, you know, the trauma that's speaking up rather than the actual individual self. You start to see the, the hurt, in the conversation, you know, completely. And then more awareness to, to that, to be like, even today, my husband and I went over and I was like, hi, cause I'm needy right now, <laughs> which it happens. And he, he's like, he, he was just kind of like, what do you want? And the tone. And I was like, oh fuck, you know? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, whoa, sorry about that. I'm in this conversation on like, that has nothing to do with you. And I took it out on you. I realized my, how I said that was coming off in not the right tone. And like, so building the awareness is what I'm talking about. Like how you're reacting in that moment. Um, and does it serve your higher self? Mm-hmm, for sure. And I think I shared a couple of weeks ago that, uh, my whole thing last year was I wanted to try to be less reactive. And for me, I think at that moment I thought it was, um, I don't even know. I think that's why I was talking to someone because I didn't, I didn't know (laughs) how to become like less reactive. Um, but, and to speak to what you were saying before about not having like a strong foundation, I don't believe it's completely like that. I think it's what you were saying after that and that being like trauma and hurt and things like that. And when people aren't fully healed, then they are reacting from like that hurt place instead of like the foundation of love or whatever. Of course. Good little rant right there. We're going to have a couple more. So 
the koshas, these five layers, they realize that you have this outermost physical layer, right? Like our our physical form of, they call it the food body, but think about like your your tissue, your muscle, your bone, your cells, these things that are like physical attachments um, of creates your shape. And this is the connection to the ego and connection to all of your senses and how you process. So this layer is, um, you know, how you move and out through, through the world. And a lot of our expression is through this, through the physical form and how we communicate. Um, a lot of people come to yoga first for the physical asana, right? They are able to like move in their body and like, Ooh, like things are, things are happening or things are opening and, and the energy that we're storing in our physical form starts to become more present, um, either, either injury or emotional, um, holdings, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So then we take another step inside of ourselves and we're in the pranamaya kosha. So that one's the ananamaya kosha. We take a step closer into the self to the pranamaya kosha. So prana, life force, the movement of energy in your body. So circulation, um, you can think about like your blood flow through your system, Chinese medicine, the meridians, um, in yoga, we call them the nadis, these 72,000 little energy, you know, um, rivers through our system. And the, the values, what we talked about last episode, go back and listen if you haven't, but the, the values, the winds that are moving in our system, right? And the breath is the bridge. The, the breathing or uh, breathing techniques is the bridge between our physical form and our higher spiritual self. I believe this to the core of my being to breathe. These different breathing techniques are key to this connection of lightness, of happiness, of blissfulness, of pause, of space. Um, these things that we're striving for, um, I find I am anyways. And then we take another step in and we got the mind. Oh, the mind, right? This is manamaya kosha. And the mind, this is the intellectual mind. So the one that is, uh, we were just talking about, good, bad, right, wrong, left, right. Um, The mind that's so useful, of course, but how we can use this is wherever the mind goes, like our thoughts go, energy will follow. So we use this to... um, well, to move our energy in our physical body, sure, but also in our life. Like how can we focus in on one thing? Also how we use our words in that because our words are energy vibration and we speak that out and then things come to fruition. You may have noticed that. And we can also think about, uh, I was gonna say, oh, like manifesting. So this is a big one, like asking. I just had a conversation with a student today around asking for guidance or asking the universe. Um, Like when I was out of my um, snowboarding career, I was lost for a long time. And my dad and my mom always taught me to ask if you need guidance. And I was like, I need help. I need new opportunity. Have I shared this story before? Maybe, but hit me. Okay. It's a quick one. So I, I would ask for about a week, I'd say, I want change. I want change. Like universe, please give me change. Andrea's nodding her head. Yeah. She knows the story. I love it. And, uh, and after, you know, this week of asking for change, I went to work and ev- I worked at a, as a waitress and every single table paid me in dimes, nickels, quarters, loonies, and toonies. And I had pint jars filled to the brim with change. And I was like, 
oh my God. And my girlfriend was like, you should ask for new opportunities. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. So our mind is really powerful because it can call on, mm-hmm. you know, like it can call on some really powerful things. So this, the yogis saw that they're like, yeah, the mind is powerful. Like let's use it to direct this energy in our body. So then let's take another deeper step inwards. Vijnanamaya Kosha. And this is the one of the mind, but of the mind that's able to um, become the witness to the experience without reaction or without thought. So being in it, but not judgment or not judging or not saying it's right or wrong or allowing yourself to be in the chaos, but not in reaction to the chaos, mm-hmm. right? Or not become it. Or not become it. You become the prayer. Ah, so the, <laughs> yeah. So you're, um, let's say you're standing there, and there's, you know, a crazy scene in front of you. Maybe there's a car accident. You're standing there, um, and you're you are in the car accident or something like that. And instead of getting super upset and reacting in anger that someone hit you, maybe be like okay, well, this is interesting. I'm feeling all the feels, but I'm not going to react with an emotion. I'm going to just going to pause and take some deep breaths and kind of just let myself be in, in all of it. Right. This reminds me of India. India is like that. You're in organized chaos and you're in the, the pulse of it all. And to not react, to not be like, but it should be this way. It's like, allow it just to be, it, it is what it is. It's always going to be this way or not always, but because it changes constantly, but it, that's what it is in this moment. So you get to choose your experience. Mm-hmm. You get to choose your happiness within that experience. That's mm-hmm. divine find, will. Fair. Find your flow and go with it or totally get struck head on. Yeah, exactly. So Vijnanamaya is that, that witness and the ability for the mind to be like, to see the energy currents, to see the visualization, to see the dreams, to see like insights or to be a little bit more in that euphoric place that probably we don't live very often. A lot of people do, but not so much um, everybody. So then we step closer into the self and it's the Ananda Maya Kosha. This is the blissful layer, the place of, of peace, of happiness. This is the meditation. This is the place of, this is the place of uh, truly being in the true calling of who you are. So my teacher Vishvaji would say your true self is blissful, peaceful, happy, expandable, and fearless. And I would say the self is all those things, but it's fucking fearless. That's a good mantra. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be a t-shirt, next t-shirt round. Be fucking fearless? Yeah. Well, I like all the things. Oh, all say, of them. Oh, say, yeah. yeah. Say them again. Our true self is blissful, peaceful, expandable, happy, and fearless. It's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. So how can we hold ourselves in this blissful place? Like, you know, coming out of meditation, we feel like, or Shavasana, it's more common for people to feel that like blissful place. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's like staying in it though. I think it's accessing it. Oh yeah. How can we be when we need it? It is accessing. Yeah. You don't want to be in that place all the time. Otherwise you might be, well, you probably won't relate to a lot of people. <laughs> Hence my sister. And you're having, you're here to have an experience, right? To yeah. have all the, the different experiences of what life offers. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So, um, do you have more teachings or are we going to drop into a mantra for the koshas? I got a mantra for you. I love it. Hit us. <laughs> so this mantra comes from the Vedic tradition and it's Om Anando Hum Anando Hum. So if you've taken our online mythic mantra course, this is one that we cover and 
it means I am bliss. Now the mind has a hard time understanding this. The mind is like, wait, I'm bliss. How is that? Like it wants to get logical about it. Like the Madamaya Kosha. So by chanting, we get out of thought and into vibration. We access the, the wisdom of the heart. This mantra is the reminder to uh, drop in when you need to, right? It's to find that sense of peace when you feel like the chaos is super overwhelming. So if you're in a place to close your eyes, close your eyes. It is always really lovely to have a hand on your heart, one or the other one on top, so you can feel the vibration that you're creating. So Om Anando Hum Anando Hum, I am bliss. Om Anando Hum Anando Hum. 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 Beautiful. So Daily Practice Podcast, uh, you can find us online, www.thedailypractice.life. And we have mythic mantra courses if you want to take a deeper dive in all things mantra. And we have a journal that will uh, take you through a journey into yourself, into the yogic teachings, and infusing mantra into your life and your daily practice. This is the Daily Practice Podcast with Crystal Borelli and Andrea Holman. Yeah, life teachings, life practices. Good luck. Om Hari Om Hari Om Hari Om Om Hari Om Hari Om.